Today's guest is from a small town. In fact, it's my small town. But he's doing some amazing things. He's had some amazing people appear on his podcast, including Ryan Mickler from Order of Man, including Tim Kennedy and many others. He's quickly becoming the premier voice in podcasting on the Curious Jones podcast. We're going to talk to Justin Jones right after this. Are you ready to live life to the full? Are you ready to rise up and live a life of honor? Are you ready to boldly step into a life of courage? This is the Manlyhood Mancast, and here's your host, Josh Atcher. If you like what we're doing here at Manlyhood, I want you to support what we're doing. You can go to the manlyhood.com slash store, get a Manlyhood t-shirt like the one that I'm wearing right now. Get multiples. I like to have one for every day of the week. (laughs) And you can help share what we're doing with others by sharing this podcast episode or other episodes that speak to you, that encourage you. Help us get the word out. And if you want to level up as a man, we've got more than just our podcasts. We have an amazing community of men at the Manlyhood Facebook page. It's called the Manlyhood Man Cave, where men are helping men to level up. We're helping become better men together. You can talk about what's going on. You can encourage each other. And it's a really cool community where everybody's welcome. So men, we want to have you there. Make sure you join. Let's get right into our conversation with Justin Jones from the Curious Jones podcast. Justin, it's great to have you on the show, man. I, uh, I've been watching what you're doing for some time, and it's really neat stuff. You've got uh, a pretty eclectic list of guests that you have on your podcast, the Curious Jones podcast. And um, just watching what you're doing has been really exciting. And it's really great to be able to have you on the show, man. Josh, I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, giving my stuff enough attention to care enough to have me on. Uh, It's uh, it's really cool. That's awesome. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. You're living in uh, Austin. Is, Is that correct? Is that where you're at now? No. So I actually, uh, I live down in the Northern suburbs of Pittsburgh. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I, gotcha. I, but I can understand where the, that confusion can come. So I, I have a business action, which is a specialty coffee and natural supplements company. And, uh, we run that out of Austin, Texas. So I have a partner that lives down there. He's the master roaster. Uh, he does all the the day-to-day operational things. And then I do the sales marketing and, and some of the other business stuff from here in uh, the suburbs of Pittsburgh. So how cool is it to be able to work kind of in that, you know, that way to be able to work with somebody across the country, you know, it's so cool. You know, it's, it's something that I wish that I would have learned even sooner that I did. And I've been lucky enough to, to have opportunities that came to me that showed me that things like that were possible. Um, but you know, if there's anybody that's listening to this, there's, no better time than now to, you know, take your own destiny into your hands. And if you are somebody that has a little bit of desire to learn enough ability to, you know, click a spreadsheet and, you know, function a computer, you can really go and actually make significant income and, and just be fulfilled, right. And create the, the ability to schedule your own time and and not be under anybody else's control. You know, honestly, I know a lot of guys who, 
they aspire to that, but they're stuck being wage slaves, you know? And uh, I mean, it's not that it's necessarily a whole lot more freeing, right? Because you still have responsibility. In fact, maybe even more responsibility, but there's, there's got to be some freedom in being able to, to do it that way, right? There certainly is. Yeah. I mean, for me, it initially started the, the flexibility and freedom allowed me to fit it into my existing life. And I think that's something that a lot of people forget. And it's really important to understand, like, it's hard and it's, it's, it's maybe the idealistic thing to think, but it's hard to just go from a nine to five and then flip a switch and dive into something that you want to do on your own. Like, unless you've got a significant, you know, nest egg stored up that you can live off of and, you know, or don't have a whole lot of overhead. If you're a grown adult, you have kids, maybe you have a wife, you already have bills, a mortgage, car payment, you know, all those things, they don't go away because you change your mind on how you want to earn money. And so, you know, it takes time to build up at least, especially for me. And I, my background, I, I moved away from Bradford. I grew up in Bradford. I, you know, went to Pitt Brad. I was a horrible student, didn't go to class. I'm like that <laughs> typical kid that, you know, I just, I had too many other distractions and I moved away um, after like my freshman year of college of college, just disaster. And I went to, uh, the now defunct DeVry university down in Philadelphia. It was right. Yeah. And I (laughs) I don't even know how I ended up there, man, but I just, I went down it. Part of it was because they had these really badass apartments that were Mm -hmm. (laughs) subsidized living, but it wasn't dorm. So you like lived in this high rise and they advertised it to be super cool. And I was just like looking for a way out of Bradford, went and did that. And just life of circumstances and luck and happenstance, you know, ended up at a mall working at King of Prussia, um, ended up as a manager at Buckle, uh, another retail clothing store. And I, I randomly met this, uh, fa- these two families, uh, they were Mormon families and the wives worked at Buckle uh, in the summer for me. They were like part-time salespeople and they were living in the area because their husbands were door-to-door salespeople for alarm systems. And they were like every summer they would go to a new city for three or four months and they would sell door-to-door alarms. And these girls are like, our husbands make so much money doing this. And so I exchanged numbers and we decided to give it a whirl. And so my now wife and I spent a few years traveling the country selling alarm systems and and it was fascinating. You know, it was such a crash course and seeing a whole wide range of different types of people. I mean, I sold in Des Moines, Iowa, Indianapolis, Virginia Beach, Virginia, uh, Grand Junction, Colorado, Utah. I mean, you name it and all kinds of different areas typically more impoverished crime ridden areas where you could sell alarm systems. Um, and then from there, I, I, you know, my wife was in college. She graduated, moved back home towards Philadelphia to take a corporate job. And I up and left um, my gig and decided to go get into software. And so for the last 10 years, I've been an executive in software business and selling software and, you know, been a part of a few acquisitions, ended up at IBM. And I say all this, I've been rambling, but it's all of that experience that also brought along a baggage because I was a young kid 
in software, making a nice salary, buying nice things, driving a nice car. And then I realized that all of those things didn't necessarily bring sustainable happiness. They brought a lot of short-term happiness, but having a family was what I really valued when that time came. My wife was pregnant, then we had our son. And I realized like, yeah, it's really cool to have some of the material possessions, but I really just want to hang out with him and her. And that's when I started to realize that the job that was creating all of this money was not giving me a lot of freedom to go and do the things that I wanted to do. And I had done some podcasting with my brother in the past. And so um, podcasting was something that I knew I wanted to do, but it's more of a passion. And so I really set out to try and build a consistent repertoire. Like I would try to have a couple episodes a week, try to really grow my listener base. And I knew it was going to be a long haul and that it wasn't going to make me money. And I had action, which was something that I had invested in and I knew I could put more time towards, but I still needed to make an income. And so that gradual buildup was, you know, how do I get back in? And so I, you know, leveraging all of that time in software, I started to consult and do some consulting work that still gave me flexibility um, so that I could ultimately get myself to a place where I felt comfortable making the amount of money and giving myself the, you know, things that I need to survive, so to speak, uh, with my newfound passions. Right. But I, it's, again, it's, it's just not something that one day I decide I wanted to change it and could just make happen. It's a long road. I know a lot of guys who just say, I'm sick of this job and they just quit and they walk away. And I mean, there's a time and a place for that. You know, I mean, there's a time and a place for, look, this is a toxic work environment and I can't take it here anymore. Or, you know, it's just not working out. But I think most people, they leave and they don't recognize that, you know, the work is what helps you feel your passion. And that's what funds it. That's what, you know, and so you have to have that balance until your passion can take off. You know, it's a hard, a hard reality to accept when what you really want to do is just dive in and then your family that you're counting on doesn't have what they need. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tough balance to find, find that moment when it's okay, here we go. Now we can jump. Yeah. And it's really easy for people to be disillusioned these days because of social media and everything that's out there and you're getting it from every direction, right? You're getting messaging, which in a lot of ways, it's, it's some of the same messaging that encouraged me and gave me the courage to take the leap of faith, to do the things that I'm, that I do, right? Like, I don't want to, make anybody think that you shouldn't go and follow that. But it's real easy to your point to just be like, Oh, I'm done with this. I'm just like going to wake up one day. And, and then you're, you know, a couple of weeks go by and there's a stack of envelopes on the counter and you're like, shit, how do I pay for all this stuff exactly. that, I, that I had going on? Like <laughs> that, that's, you know, you're right. It's, and it happens. So. So is, uh, so you've got a handful of things that are kind of your, your full-time gig now. You're still doing consulting some and yeah. Yeah. I do. I yeah. do a lot of work in, in the technology consulting space, helping companies negotiate contracts. Um, it's just something that is, uh, there's a, there's a market for it. There's a lot of, uh, value in the time that I spent in that space working for companies and understanding, you know, how, how salespeople are compensated. So I, you know, I kind of, I guess, gave my services to the other side now and I work with, <laughs> I work with companies that are negotiating 
technology contracts specifically and help them to get the best pricing and terms and conditions that they can. So that, uh, that helps me bridge the gap to, you know, try to not, uh, not go backwards too far, but, um, yeah, that's, that's a part of it. And then the rest of my time is really driving action with my partner. So, um, I've, like I said, I have my partner, Joe, who's down in uh, Texas and he runs the, the roasting operation. And then, uh, Anthony Johnson, who's a former UFC fighter. He, uh, now is a, in Bellator and he's actually fighting for the light heavyweight championship next month or maybe in August, I think is his next fight. Um, which is really cool, but he's a partner as well recently. And, uh, another Brad Fordian, um, that I have to be careful in, in sharing his name publicly because of some things, but, um, nothing bad, but, uh, just some things, but, uh, it's, it's really cool. And so that takes up a, a big chunk of time as a startup and, you know, trying to bootstrap it. We rely a lot on social media. So, um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And then, then I do a lot of this stuff, trying to talk to people like you. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's been, like I said, it's really cool to see, uh, the variety of guests that you have in your podcast, you know, you've got, uh, people talking about just about everything. And I, you know, I was scanning through and I see, Oh, there's Tim Kennedy and there's Ryan Mickler. And I'm like, yeah, that's the, that's the guys that are on my list. So, <laughs> uh, I've got, uh, you know, a few of those guys will be on the show at some point I'm hoping. And, uh, you know, we've got some communication and started working those things out, but it's just kind of cool when you see the the intersection a little bit, you know, when you're looking at what somebody else is doing that's kind of exciting. I, uh, you, I know you've also had Justin Willoughby on the show. He's, a, a another Bradford, Pennsylvania guy and, uh, one of my best friends. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, I'll have him on too, but I'm kind of saving him for later. So, <laughs> yeah, it was but, great to have him on and share his story. I mean, he and I went to school together actually were in like in grade school, we were in the same homeroom many, many times. And, uh, he lived near my, my grandparents and, uh, seeing his story unfold, um, and, and kind of almost in a, in a way being a part of it from a distance, but, um, you know, seeing that whole transition was, was awesome and, uh, really happy for him that he's been able to continue his process. I know he's healing up right now from a lot of, uh, medical procedures that he just underwent, but really, really happy for him. And man, what a, what a guy. Yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know Justin's story, he used to weigh, 799 pounds. Like I said, we're going to have him on the show at some point and he can talk about what that transformation looks like, but yeah, fantastic guy. And, um, that's actually how I discovered what you were doing when I think he shared the episode that he was on. And I'm like, Oh, check out this podcast. This is great. And then I'm like, wait, that guy's from my hometown. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. I don't think I knew you then. Uh, you know, I, I know we, we may have crossed paths at some point, you know, I, I worked for, you know, in radio here and, uh, connected with a lot of local bands and stuff like that. So I've, you know, I've kind of always been around and I knew a lot of people, but I have this, you, once you meet so many people, you start forgetting who they are and then, then they, you know, get older and lose hair and then you're yeah. just lost, you know, or grow facial hair. I don't, I don't remember who you are. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's really funny, actually. And this dates, well, maybe it doesn't date me, it dates both of us. But, uh, when you were on the radio, I worked for the city of Bradford in the summertime. So like after my senior year of high school, going into the summer of my freshman year at Pitt, I worked in the parks department. And one of my jobs was to come in 
two or three days a week and I had to vacuum the pools at Callahan Park. And I would go in and it'd be like six o'clock in the morning and I would go turn WESB on and I would hear you on the radio all the time. So it's, it's kind of weird coming full circle to be sitting here having a yeah. conversation. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. You know, it, I, that, that job was a really neat experience for me because I got to meet so many people. And like I said, I can't always connect who they are, but everywhere I go, you know, as my kids were growing up, they're all but grown. I have one that's 16. Um, and the rest are all grown up and, but, uh, you know, we'd go somewhere as a family and everybody would want to talk to me and they'd be like, or they'd see the kids somewhere and they're like, Oh, aren't you Josh's kids? You know? And they were, they hated it. They hated it with a passion. And now as they're grown and they're doing their things and they're doing really amazing and awesome things that people are noticing and they're building their own reputations now. And so now it's flip-flopped and I'm starting to get, Oh, you're Michaela's dad or, Oh, you're Isaiah's dad. And that's, that's, I like that better. I like that better. Yeah. No, that's, that's gotta be really cool. I have a, a son who's going to be two years old this summer and my wife is pregnant. She's going to have a second child here in August. So growing family. And I mean, man, I come from a huge family, you know, there's four boys. I have another 12, geez, cousins and second cousins that are all like in that same age range, mostly boys, a few girls, but it runs deep in Bradford. And, uh, you know, glad that I grew up (laughs) in a small town like that. I, there's a lot that you can draw from it. You know, I think I, I wanted to get out of there so bad and it's a tough place, man. You know, if I'm, I have to be honest, right. It's not the most booming metropolis. There's a lot of good things though, that I think get overlooked because people like to talk about some of the negatives and uh it's unfortunate because there are a lot of good things happening there and i think the more that the spotlight gets put on that the more good things will continue to happen in in bradford and i hope for nothing but the best and i really hope you know some long-term goal of mine is to some way shape or form be able to come back and leave an imprint on bradford after I've been able to go out and leave my imprint and, and kind of, you know, do what I can do. But unfortunately it was, you know, tough early on for me to do that there, but there's a soft spot and I like to get back as, as much as I can. And, and I do attest a lot of the successes that I've had in life come from the fact that I had that perspective of growing up in a town like that. You know, I actually grew up in a smaller town in Rollett on the other side of Port Allegheny. And so Bradford for me was the big city. (laughs) You know, that's where we would go to go to the, to the Bavarian pretzel at the mall, you know, when I was a kid and, uh, and play the arcade games and at the mall and fashion bug. My mom loved to go to fashion bug, (laughs) but, um, you know, and so then when I, when I moved here, uh, it's still, yes, it's larger than the town I grew up in, but it is the, the, for me, my roots are deep, man. You know, my, my great grandmother and my grandfather grew up in Bradford. And so, you know, when I walk down the streets and I look up on the cemetery and I can see, you know, where my great, great, great grandfather was buried. And, you know, I could drive by the house that, uh, he owned, you know, and, and it's just, there's some connections there that, that for me, it's, it's, I don't know, I almost draw life from it. But then the other thing is, and I think that a lot of people don't understand this is, to live in an area completely surrounded by nature is phenomenal. The cool thing about Pittsburgh actually, cause that's where you're near now is Pittsburgh, even though it's this big city, 
is surrounded and even all the way through it, there's quite a bit of nature, which is kind of neat. I think it's, it's a different city in that way. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of outdoor area, a lot of trees, the, the, the cityscape itself, Pittsburgh's so underrated with the rivers and the, the mountains and well, you know, you can call them mountains, maybe hills, but, um, it's such a pretty place. And I'm, like 20 miles North up near like the Cranberry Wexford area. And, um, which is perfect because I'm, I'm close enough to Bradford. I can be home in under three hours, um, you know, without getting pulled over. And, uh, I'm less than a half hour. Like I can be downtown Pittsburgh if there's no traffic in 20, 25 minutes, which is fantastic. And, you know, I wake up some mornings and go outside and there'll be five or six deer standing in the backyard. There's turkey, there's ducks. I mean, I, I'm lucky I've got a, a little bit of property, which is helpful. But I mean, to your point, I, I'm close to the turnpike and do all these cool things. And it's a growing, growing area. There's a lot of people from Bradford that that live down here, which is, uh, it's cool, you know, go out and, and see people now, especially now that the world's opening back up. Yeah, definitely. It's about time. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> tell me, uh, tell me about your, you've, we've kind of talked about it a little bit and it's, you know, it's not that this is an infomercial obviously, but tell me about how, how you got involved with this coffee thing. Like, like, like what, what is it? What's the difference? You know, I mean, I could just go and make my no, own I, coffee downstairs, but I'm sure that yours is better. Right. Tell me about uh, it. For sure. I appreciate you asking. It's, uh, so how I got involved, um, so mutual, uh, f- friends of mine. So Mark Austin, I don't know if, if, you know, if you know, Mark or other people know Mark, Mark connected me with uh, a gentleman named Joe, who was a former executive at on it. So I don't know if anybody knows who on it is. It's a supplement company. Joe Rogan's a partner in it. Um, they're based in Austin, Texas. And, um, they sponsor a lot of MMA athletes and really grew, have a, have a huge presence. And, uh, Joe was like one of the first 10 employees that worked there and ran operations. And, um, one of the things that he was doing with on it was looking to build out a coffee, a performance coffee brand. And it ultimately didn't come to fruition with on it. It's not something that I think they wanted to go after, but Joe became very passionate about it. And he had taken some trips to Guatemala to source beans for this coffee potentially. And he kept those relationships and really became passionate about trying to bring the best tasting quality coffee to market that you possibly could. So he left on it and went out on this mission to start a company and he decided to call it action. And, um, I think he talks about it in a podcast I did with him on my show, but if not, I'm definitely going to have him back on, but he came up with the name through kind of this really cool vision quest that he went on signs sounds kind of goofy, but um, the story is really cool. And uh, he did it for about a year and I got introduced and really thought I could bring a lot of my experience that, you know, I talked about early on in this show um, to him to kind of help elevate the brand up. And um, he also wanted to expand outside of coffee into natural supplements. And so we started to do that, but what makes the coffee different uh, back to your original question is really, uh, you know, number one, it's single sourced from a single farm. It's a single farm that's been owned by the same family for over a hundred years. And it's on the side of a volcano in Guatemala. So it's elevated. 
the elevation and the just the geography um, and area, the rainfall, the type of soil from the volcanic ash creates a, a really unique tasting coffee bean. Um, and so when these cherries are picked, um, they're washed in spring water and then they're dried out on these white painted rooftops of this facility and they dry out there by the sun and we import them. There are no preservatives, no any artificial sugars. They're imported into Austin. And when our customers order coffee, whether it's just, you know, going to the website and ordering something on demand or signing up for a subscription, we small batch roast prior to delivery. So, um, you know, you think about something you can buy at the grocery store, those have been sitting in a warehouse for a while, then it gets shipped out and it goes to the store and then it sits on the shelf for a while. And so there's a lot of preservatives in there and there's a lot of other things that are done to the coffee to make it so that it can last. And so it's, you know, it's a little stale possibly. So when you get coffee from action, you're getting coffee that was literally roasted within you know, three to five days prior. Um, and so that with a combination of, you know, how Joe roasts it, um, does it a little bit differently, kind of the, the process on how he does it. And, uh, the, it's just, you know, I was never a coffee drinker. I was an energy drink guy. Um, and that was something that I needed to overcome. So initially for me, I didn't know like what bad coffee tasted like, but it was easy for me to really enjoy it. So, um, that was, that was a win. And uh, the process was, was in line with what I wanted. I wanted to get involved with something that was natural, but everybody that we talked to that was tasting, it was like, this is really, really good. Um, we did some blind taste tests, you know, I would take a couple things of coffee and just, you know, do a, a Starbucks coffee, do a Dunkin' Donuts coffee and do an action coffee. And always was action. I mean, it's, not even close to the difference in taste. Um, we've got a light roast all the way through a dark roast. And then uh, we brought Anthony Johnson on. Uh, he goes by Rumble Johnson. So he uh, was a big fan and started drinking the coffee and reached out and was like, how do I get involved? And then one thing led to another and we started to develop a specialty roast around his preferences. So we added that to the the lineup. And, you know, when you think about it, even at our, you know, I think you can buy a two pound bag on our website for $30. And then with the discounts that are out there, you know, you're, you're paying like 28 bucks, but it's less than like 50 cents a cup. When you compare it to like going to Starbucks down here is like, you know, five, six, $7 and you're getting a poorer quality. So, you know, the tough part is people don't like to go to a website to buy coffee. So we try to make it easy and they can do the subscription and we give them a 20% discount if they sign up for the subscription. And then we just, you know, ship you fresh coffee every month. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love when, when those kind of stories all come together. And, and like I said, the, the reason I asked you is, yeah, it's cool to be able to talk about your coffee, but also to show people, Hey, here's an idea. Here's something that if it's something you're interested in, you could get involved with something like this. Not that they need to be your competition, but maybe there's something yeah, else, you know, yeah, you could, do you it. know, I, I think men need to, uh, you know, think beyond just the nine to five, you know, uh, that idea of building passive income. I mean, nothing is truly passive because you're always working, but you know, there's, there's the idea that you can build something worth building that you could be in charge of, you know, and, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's a good, a good concept. So thank you for sharing that story about it. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to even be money. I mean, you know, money's look, you know, people like to be all poetic and all that money is important, right? Money gives you freedom. And that's something that I like. So, you know, I like earning, earning money, but it doesn't have to be about that. But I think the moral of all of it is there's 24 hours in a day. I don't, it, it doesn't matter if you're Jeff Bezos or if you're you or I, there's 24 hours. And so you, you have to understand that however you maximize those hours, like if you're going to spend time and a lot of effort, like why wouldn't you want to try to like put that effort towards the maximum outcome? You know what I mean? And I think maybe sometimes people are afraid. I think, you know, maybe there, there's a fear of the unknown. Maybe you didn't come from that. Maybe nobody, you know, has ever accomplished things of that nature or done the things that you want to do. And so there's a, there's a fear element to it. But the people that are, you know, making hundreds of billions of dollars or who are making huge impacts through charity in their time, it's only because they're thinking bigger. They, they have the same amount of time, you know, like that it's all it is, is they have a bigger vision of, of how to do things and, and maybe some experience and some trial and error and failure that they've been able to draw wisdom from. But it's the same amount of time. You know, when you realize that, then it's like, shit, I'm like, why am I selling myself short? I, that is something that I think most people don't understand or don't recognize. How many times do we hear that excuse? I just don't have time. I don't have time to do that. Look, everybody has got that same amount of time. We've all got 24 hours. Yeah. You're right on. You're right on. And I think the other, you talked about fear and I think that's part of it. I think the other thing people, uh, let hold them back is they just don't believe they can do anything worth doing. They don't believe that they can do something that has value. And that's, that's not good. You know, I, I think everybody has something that they can contribute, you know? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, and I feel for anybody that doesn't feel like they add value in the world. You know, there's, there's, there's so many ways that you can, add value. And I think that's, you know, if people understand that, um, they'd be a lot more fulfilled, but. So one of the questions I like to kind of steer the conversation to, as we get to the end of our podcast is this, it's, I'd like some advice for men. Uh, we've got all kinds of men that listen and you know, the reason they listen is because they want to be a better man. I think they like to be entertained and we have fun. We talk about all kinds of interesting things, but what would be for the men that are listening, what would be your best advice? And it doesn't have to just be one thing. You can, you know, share a few things if you want, but what is your best advice for them? There's so many things, right? And to your point, I'll go back to what I finished up with. Number one is you, you have to set yourself, set your goals to the level that'll fulfill you. You know, if your dreams can be bought, then they're not big enough. And, you know, I, I heard somebody say that once and I, the name escapes me, so I can't give credit where it's due, but, um, you know, we have the power to really do whatever we want to do. And so don't, you know, number one rule or word of advice is don't sell yourself short. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to those around you to be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. I think the other thing is don't be afraid to fail at things. Failure is one of the best things that could ever happen to me. You know, I, I've tried so many things, Josh, like 
if you look back, you know, one of the, one of the things that, um, I was always afraid of was failure. I, I was, I had a fear of failure. I don't know where it comes from. I, I'm sure I could unpack that, you know, but instead of trying to unpack it, I tried to just figure out how do I overcome it? And, uh, it was by just doing more things that scared me. And ultimately I started to get this almost like good feeling out of being in bad situations. And instead of them being bad situations that I didn't have control over, I started to make them bad situations that I did have control over like bad situations, like, you know, martial arts or jujitsu or working out, putting yourself under stress. And so, you know, I also got into the MMA stuff and and I got my ass kicked once, like in front of a lot of people. And, uh, that was, that was hard, you know what I mean? But it was something that shaped me, right? All, all those things trying, you know, I, we did a, a cannabis events company, my brother and I, and, uh, it was, we learned a lot, but it happened right before COVID and out in California having public events where, especially where you have people like passing, uh, cannabis around was not something that was going to continue. And, you know, we lost some money on that. We, you know, we wasted a lot of time and I, I bring all this up because it's like, I could have used every one of those opportunities as an excuse to be like, Oh, I I'm just going to go do the nine to five. I'm never going to put myself out there again because I failed. I got, I lost an MMA fight. I wasted time for that. Or I tried this business and it didn't work out or you know, it's all a part of the process. So, um, make sure that you don't give up on yourself. And if you, uh, if you ever have an opportunity to get a mentor, I think that would be the last piece of advice. Um, reach out, you know, it, you, you say, you know, you've had all these people. I honestly, man, I just reach out to people. I, I don't give a crap. I just say, Hey, you know, any, any interest in having a conversation with me or I'll, maybe it just even starts with something that I'm curious about and I'll send them a, a quick note. And then it, you quickly realize that some of these people that have these big numbers next to their Instagram pages, they're normal, normal dudes like you and I, and, um, there might be a lot of volume coming through the faucet. So sometimes it's hard to catch their attention, but if you do catch their attention and you're genuine and, and there's a connection there, they're just like us. And so, um, whether it's trying to have a podcast like this or business opportunities that you have, everybody's looking for something too. So don't be afraid to reach out to people, ask for advice and invest in yourself. I think that's some excellent advice. Seriously. Thank you. I think uh, you're echoing a lot of the things that I say a lot. So it's nice to hear it from somebody else and to know that that is what works. You know, I, uh, I think that's something we, we do a lot is we, we fail to think big enough and we let, our mistakes and our screw ups hold us back. And I love that idea, man. That's something I want to write down, maybe get tattooed on my forehead backwards so I can see it in the mirror is if you're not failing enough, set yourself up for failure. Like, you know, like the idea that, you know, like, yeah, like here we go, I could fail and I'm going to learn from it. I think that's great. Yeah. If you don't fail enough, you're not, uh, you know, I look at that sometimes and I see people who never fail, even if they're doing great things, nobody's that perfect. So if you're not failing, 
you're not trying hard enough in my estimation. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not reaching far enough out there because if you were, you would fail sometimes and you would actually benefit from those failures. You know, it's a part of, it's a part of the bigger pictures. I love it. So you talked about, uh, a mentor who, uh, you have anybody in particular that's mentoring you right now that's that you're learning from a lot? Um, so yeah, a couple, you know, I think early on I had a mentor, um, in the technology space, somebody who really took me under their wing and gave me opportunities early on uh, at a startup company. And then uh, IBM bought that company and I was able to get absorbed into a really corporate environment and then leverage a lot of relationships and ended up back with that person. So he, he taught me a lot about selling, about confidence, presenting, you know, just how to set the table, how to be persuasive. Um, And then, you know, when I got away from that, uh, somebody else who's been really helpful for me is a guy by the name of Eben Britton. Um, I've had Eben on my podcast two different times, and he's a former NFL uh, offensive lineman. And uh, he came out of the NFL, had some substance abuse problems, and uh, really was struggling to, to find his place in the world. And he began meditating a lot. He began doing a lot of breathing exercises. He, he just really changed his whole existence. And uh, he now has a podcast called The Ebb and Flow. Um, he was the co-host of Mike Tyson's Hotboxing podcast for the first season. And um, we've kind of formed a, a cool relationship. And he's been really helpful in this new uh, venture that I've kind of gone on now with podcasting and, and some of this stuff he's been, you know, through a lot of it. So he's somebody that I draw a lot of wisdom from and, you know, and I try to just keep my eyes and ears open for other people who seem to have a good message and, you know, stuff that I can consume. There's a lot of it out there. Awesome. I appreciate it. That's awesome. And I know that'll be very helpful for the guys that are listening and, you know, we got to do that. Yeah. I think about, I have a lot of guys in my life too, that I, especially when it comes to now that I'm entering this new stage, my kids are grown and I'm, you know, becoming a grandpa. So things are different for me. And, uh, so I've got some old guys in my life. I think that's something we all need, you know, it's somebody that you need some old guys in your life to tell you, Hey man, you're being an idiot <laughs> or you're doing a great job, you know? Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I forget that too. I mean, my parents, I draw a lot from them, you know, I, 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 they're probably more than ever. I talk with, I'm very lucky, although neither of them live near me here um, in Pittsburgh. I talk with both my mom and my dad multiple times a week. Um, and my grandmother, I'm very fortunate. She is in Bradford. She's one of the wisest people that I know. So um, I have a very good support system and uh, very fortunate that they they give me the the breathing room to kind of be out there. I'm sure people who are listening to this, you know, maybe some of them think I'm crazy. I talk about a lot of weird stuff, Josh. Um, but, <laughs> it's all know, good. They give me that leeway. So I'm, I'm very helpful. Who are some of the, who are some of the people that you draw wisdom from? I mean, outside of maybe personal stuff, is, is there a list? And, and you said hopeful guests in the future, who do you have uh, eyeballs on? I'm, I'm curious as to kind of like who I can expect to maybe see sometime in the future on the show. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I really appreciate Ryan Mickler and what he's doing at order of man. Um, and I, I definitely have learned a lot from him. It's really interesting because, you know, when I'm posting on social or doing, I do a lot of short videos and I'll say something. And a lot of times I batch work, right? 
So I work in batches. This interview now will air later because I'm interviewing like in batches. My, my brain works that way. I can do a year's worth of work in a month just because that's the way I, I function. And that frees me up to do the other stuff I need to do. Um, but I'll batch something and I'll have worked on it months ago and then I'll have it scheduled to post. And Ryan says it the day before mine posts. And I'm like, now he's going to think I'm copying him, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but other guys that I really, uh, look up to Steven Mansfield, uh, who wrote Mansfield's book of manly men and has the great man podcast, which is fantastic. And I've learned a lot from him. He's actually, uh, told me, you know, reach out for him to, to get on the show too. So another one is, is Aaron Walker. He's got a, a great setup at a view from the top is his website. And, uh, you know, I'm actually looking at his coaching programs that he's got. He does masterminds and, uh, fantastic wisdom. He's actually good friends with Dave Ramsey. And so, you know, uh, he's like, I like to say he's like the nicer version of Dave, Dave Ramsey, <laughs> you know, Dave Ramsey is this financial guru that just like always tells it like it is, which is valuable. But, uh, Aaron's just, uh, he tells it like it is, but he makes you thank him for it, you know? So, so that's a good thing. Um, but there, that's that level. I think, um, the other thing is, and I tell people this too, all the time, you can learn from the smartest, wisest people that ever lived. They can be your mentors because they wrote books because they want you to know what they know, you know? Um, you know, James Allen has been dead for a long time, but his book as a man thinketh is one of the best pieces of, of mentorship that I think I've ever received. And it has helped me in more ways than I can even imagine. And I will never probably get to thank him, you know, at least on this side of the grass, you know? So, but it's, that's something I think a lot of people forget too, is that mentorship can, can be, uh, virtual, I guess, so to speak, you know, you don't, you don't even have to be in a relationship. Although I don't advocate skipping relationship mentoring, but you know, the reason that the people wrote the book is because they wanted other people to learn what they've learned. So if I can learn from that, that's the same concept. It's just that it's reading instead of, you know, actual physically talking with somebody. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's probably the, the thing that uh, maybe I try to not show as much, but I probably show it very openly. I'm very influenced by Joe Rogan. Right. And that's, something that like my, I have three younger brothers. They rag me all the time about it. It's like, Oh, you know, because I'm like the bald guy and um, the show is kind of very similar, right? I just talked to a bunch of random people and part of that is deliberate, you know, like that's what I listen to. So I, it's kind of like music. I know you're a music person, right? It's like you have influences and for sure influences then kind of come through. So I used to try to like, almost go out of my way to not be like that. I didn't want to sound like him. I didn't want to have a cadence like that. And then I'm like, well, why am I doing that? Like I should be, I should kind of embrace it. I shouldn't go out of my way to copy, right? I should certainly be my own thing, but I shouldn't, I shouldn't actively put a filter on myself to try to not be what my influences have made me. And, and he's somebody that I am like, very grateful for a lot of the insight. I feel like, you know, I said disastrous college early on. Uh, I've gotten an education all in and all of itself from him and in podcasts in general. So I agree a hundred percent with your point, man. You can learn a lot indirectly through 
so many different sorts of media. The personal mentorship, man. I know that's kind of, we, we weren't talking about that, but honestly, I've learned more from, you know, the guys that I have coffee with or the old guy at church or, you know, that's honestly where they see you in a way that other people can't, you know, they, they see the real you, they see you yelling at your kid and they say, you probably shouldn't do that, <laughs> you know? And, you know, Joe Rogan's not going to do that for you, man. You know, so I, I highly recommend like boots on the ground, real life, flesh and blood people in your life that, and they don't all have to be older, you know? I mean, you know, there are young people that, that it's the same thing. I learn a lot. Heck, little kids, man, little kids teach you more than any had grown up ever will. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> people that are willing to be honest with you. I think that's the key, right? It doesn't matter yeah. how old they are. If they're willing to be honest with you, about the things that they see and, and keep you in check. That's, that's so important. Awesome. Well, Justin, tell me a little bit more real quick as we wrap up, where can people find you if they want to know what you're doing, if they want to follow along? Yeah. So on social, uh, it's at that curious Jones. That's, uh, pretty much where I post everything. If it's on Instagram, uh, it's kind of where I'm most active and then stuff on Facebook is kind of tagged from there. Um, and then action is at drink action and action is a K T I O N. So it's action with a K. Um, so the social media there's at drink action and the website is drinkaction.com. And if you use code curious, you'll get uh, 15% off your order. And uh, if you sign up for subscriptions, you get 20% off. So that's pretty much everything is you can find clips on YouTube and, you know, Google um, podcasts is on Apple, Spotify, and all the other streaming platforms. And yeah, man, I, I appreciate you having me on here a lot. And I'm adding this to my uh, repertoire of podcasts and really, really looking forward to what else you have coming on. I, I dig the TV and the skull and all the whole setup. In the background. <laughs> it's, it's really awesome. Yeah. The skull is, uh, it reminds me that I'm going to, that we're all going to die someday, you know, and that might be a morbid thought, but it's, uh, there's a little bit of a little bit of motivation in there, you know, really kind of helps push me forward. So anyway, man, I appreciate you being on the show and uh, look forward to, maybe we can talk again sometime soon. And, you know, next time you've got something exciting happening, let me know. We'll, we'll get you on again. Yeah. Hey, look, likewise, man, let's find some time for you to come on mine. We'll, we'll swap it out. I think uh, I like sitting here. This is cool being this perspective, but I certainly have questions I'd like to ask you as well too. So well, awesome. Awesome. Let's make it happen. All right. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. It is very cool to be able to talk to Justin and to see the work that he's doing. You know, I know he says that his mentor or the person he kind of looks up to and tries to model and learn from is Joe Rogan. If you watch and listen to his podcast, I think he's well on his way. So let's give him some support at his podcast, the Curious Jones podcast. Go there, listen to it, add it to your list of podcasts that you listen to regularly. It's good stuff. And listen, I care about you guys. I love you guys. And I want to see you guys become all that you can be. So I care about you, and I'll see you next week. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.